I still see my pop. And to me, this will always be his church, and I'm just going to be a steward of it and uh, try to honor him to do the best I can. And me and my wife will do the best we can to love you guys, to be there for you when you need us, and just pray for us. I really want to see the church grow and uh, us be that light in the community and uh, reach people. Because one thing I know, guys, is if we're not reaching people, we're not doing our job. And that's what we need to be about. Um, So I want to talk to you this morning, before I get all choked up here, um, about what gifts do we bring. And this is a new season. We're coming in, 2017, coming right around the corner. And what gifts are we going to bring to the church? What are we going to bring to offer the Lord, just like the wise men? What do we have in ourselves that we can bring, that we can offer the church, that we can lay before the altars of our gifts, our talents, the things God's put in our life, that we can grow the church, that we can help build the church, that we can help build the ministry, that we can lay upon the foundation that Pastor Ben laid for some 20-something years, preaching into people life, speaking into their life, praying for them, encouraging them. What can we do? What can we bring this new year coming up 2017 that I have, that the Lord has given me to help grow the ministry here in the church, guys? Because there comes a time that we stop talking. That's right. There comes a time we stop talking about saving money and investing it, and we invest. There comes a time where we stop talking just about investment, and we invest. And there comes a time we stop talking about getting involved in the church, and you get involved in the church. What can I bring to the Lord? What can I give the Lord of myself this year in 2017? What can I bring to him? What gifts do I have? What gifts can I offer the Lord this year from my life? The Bible says here in Matthew 22 about the wise men. It says, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down, and they worshipped him. And they opened their treasures, and they presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They bowed down, and they worshipped him. What's the first thing we can do this season? Is we can recognize Jesus Christ as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the King of my life. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. He died on the cross for me. I can come into his house. I can lay whatever I have before the altar and give it to him, and I can recognize him as my King and my Savior. That's the first thing we can do in this new year is recognize who the Lord is. There are people that don't want to recognize the Lord. The world doesn't want to recognize Christ. They want to say happy holidays um, or season's greetings or Merry Xmas, and they want to take Christ out of Christmas, guys. There's no season without Christ. Christ is the reason for the season. Jesus said this, and Jesus went on with his disciples to a village of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And he told them, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others one of the prophets, And then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say Christ is today, church? Who is he to you? When we come in here and we bring our gifts and our talents and stuff, are we just coming to a building? Who are we coming to worship? Who is Christ to you today? Who is he to the world? Who is he when we come into this place? Who is he when you get up in the morning? Who is he when you're going through your storms of life? Who who is he when you come to church? Is he a picture on the wall? Is he a song in the books? Or is he your king, your Lord, your savior? Your peace, your hope, your joy. Who is he to you? The Bible recognized him as king of kings. The wise men recognized him 
And the Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Christ is Lord. You will either recognize Jesus Christ here as Lord or you'll recognize him over there when we pass through as Lord. But if you do it here, you'll know him as Savior. If you wait to then, he'll be your judge. The wise men recognize him as king. So who do we recognize him as, church? The Bible says the wise men brought gifts. So what are we going to bring in 2017? What are we going to give out of our treasures? They opened their treasures, the Bible says. In other words, they gave out of their valuables. They gave of the things that had value to them. The Bible says they brought gold. They brought the best of the best for the best. So what do I bring when I come into church? Do I bring my best? When I come in and I, I, I come in and I sit down and it's time for worship and praise, do I bring the best praise that I can bring? When I come in and I bring my gifts and my talents, do I bring the best talent that I can bring before the Lord? When I come to honor him and I come to worship him or I just kind of sit there and and buck up? Am I bringing my best to the Lord this year? He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He's worthy of our honor, our praise, and the very best we have. All the gifts that we have, guys, all the anointing that we have in our lives, in this church, it's not for us. It's not for us to brag. It's not for us to say how great our church is. It's not for any of those things. The gift, the calling, the anointing on our life is to bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's to equip us for service that we can go out and reach the community and lift up the name of Jesus. I tell you what, if we want to see our church grow, you want to see your ministries grow, start lifting up the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all all men unto me. You want to see this place begin to explode and grow? Begin to lift up Jesus in our praise. Lift up Jesus in our worship. And we'll see this church grow. You'll see your ministry grow. Because let me tell you something. The church didn't die for you. It didn't save you. But Jesus Christ died for you. He saved you. He still delivers. He still sets people free. He still breaks addictions and addicts and all those things. The church didn't do it. Jesus did that for you. Don't bring a sloppy Joe service to the Lord where we just give God half our best and mix it with another part and we just throw it together all stale on a bun with no passion and no dedication to it. When we come to God's house, we need to come with our best foot forward and offer him the best that we have. Give our best because he gave his best for us. Number two, the Bible says the wise men brought frankincense. And that was a, like a perfume. It was a, it was a sweet smell. And when we come to the Lord and we worship him, that, that, that worship should go up before the Lord as a sweet-smelling aroma before him, pleasing in his sight. Because everything you do before the Lord will either have a sweet smell or an aroma of a sour attitude. The Old Testament talks about they burnt sacrifices and they made offerings. And these burnt sacrifices and offerings, they went up before the Lord as a sweet-smelling aroma, pleasing to God. But when we come into the God's house, do we bring our best? That when we're worshiping him and we're praising him, does it go up before his throne as a sweet smell, acceptable sacrifice to God? Or is it a smell of stench and flesh because we don't really want to be here and we don't really want to give our best? I've been here at times in the morning time where there was things going on on the worship team and some attitudes and, and then there's people here that really didn't want to be here. They'd rather be somewhere else. And I think to myself, when we come to God's house, he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Are we bringing something that's smelling sweet before his throne that he's enjoying and that's pleasing to him? Are we bringing a fleshly, stinky attitude because we don't really want to be in his presence and worship him and give our best even though he gave his best for us. Yeah. 
I want my life to be a sweet smell before the Lord. Ephesians says this, and walk in love as Christ also walked in love and gave gave himself for us an offering, a sweet sacrifice to God, a sweet-smelling aroma. And then Romans says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship, God. Guys, we need our life when we come and we bring our gifts and our talents that go before the Lord as a sweet-smelling aroma. A sweet, a sweet offering. The wise men could have complained. What I was reading, they went some thousand miles on a, on a journey to get to Christ. You imagine riding a thousand miles on a camel? Talking about having camels rear. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but if I had to ride a thousand miles, my rear end would be hurting the time I got off a camel. You know what I mean? They could have complained, but they didn't because they recognized him, guys, as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let the gifts we bring this year be one of a sweet-smelling aroma, not one of an attitude. And number three, the Bible says they brought myrrh. And myrrh was an anointing oil. It had a sweet smell to it, too. It's, it's for consecration. It's to be set apart. It means to be dedicated to the service and the worship of a deity, God. A solemn commitment of your life and time to a cherished purpose and service to make holy. So this year, in 2017, when we come to God's house and we bring our gifts and our talents, are we going to consecrate ourselves to the Lord this year and say, Lord, take the gifts, the talents, the things I have in my life. Lord, I'm giving them to you. Lord, set me apart. Let me be holy unto you, Father, that you can take what I have and use it for your glory, to touch people's lives, to encourage people, to build people up, to go outside these walls into the community. Lord, set my uh, life apart. Lord, let me be consecrated unto you. Are we going to be consecrated to the things of the world? Are we just going to be normal? We're going to let our church be half full because we're consecrated to other things, to the job, to to finances, to to paying off debt because we get so much in debt. Are we going to get our life in order and make it holy and pleasing unto God and get our our minds right and our hearts right and we come to his house and we consecrate ourselves to his service, to his work, to his will for our life? Lord, set me apart and draw me closer to you. Consecrate my life to you, Lord. Don't let the world draw me away. Hebrews says this, For the law never made anything perfect, but now we have confidence and a better hope. That hope's Christ, guys, through which we draw near to God. See, because sacrifices couldn't do it. They couldn't get us closer to God. But the perfect sacrifice, that baby Jesus came and he died and he bore our sins that we can have a way to God. And that's through him. That's through Christ. So what offerings can you and will you give in the service of the Lord this year? Romans gives a list of them. So let me read them to you. It says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as has been given to you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership abilities, take the responsibility serious. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. 
that's a, that's a mouthful right there, guys. So many times we say, I love you, but then we walk away and go the other way. Christ is love. If we're going to really be a church that shows love, we've got to be genuine in our love. Amen. This could be the year the church, God calls the church home. This could be the year God calls you or me home. You know, it was just the other day I was, I was talking with my dad about working on a car and going and doing some things, and the next thing I know, he's gone. I talked to Brother John this week, at the beginning of the week, and, and the next thing I know, he's gone. Guys, we're not promised tomorrow. But we do have now, we do have today that we can go out and share the message of hope, share what God's done in our lives. You can't say that I didn't know I had any gifts or talents because the Bible says that everyone's been given a a measure of faith and talent according to his abilities. Matthew 25 says this, and again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants to entrust his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to the other two talents, and to another one talent, each according to their ability. Then he went on his journey. See, God's given each and every one of us gifts and then abilities to do those gifts here in the church, outside the church. But it's up to us to get in a church, to learn how to develop those gifts, that we can put them into to use and practice. That's the great thing about a church. You can come in, you can experiment with your gifts, learn how to use them. If you get out of line, someone can correct you in love. If you're doing it great, they can pat you on the back. But learn to use the gifts and talents that God's given you, that we can go outside these walls, guys, and reach people. But then he goes on and he says, what happens when you don't use them? He says, take that talent from him and give it to one who has the talent. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. And whoever does not have, even that which he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, guys. I don't want to be in that boat. I want to use what God's given me. Some people think they have no gifts. They think, I can't sing, I can't play guitar. You know what, guys, that's okay, because some of you, we probably wouldn't want you to sing. You know, you'd be up there, I'm great, thou art. You know, you'd be all just, please, would you just be quiet? You know, it's like, let everybody else worship. You can make a joyful noise. You don't have to be a singer. You don't have to be a speaker. You don't have to be up front. Liz knows. God's given us all gifts and talents, and just we have to be willing to use them. Ephesians says this, For we are all God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God prepared in advance for good works for you to do. If he prepared works for you to do, then he's going to equip you to do those works. He's going to give you the ability to do those works. You just have to be willing to say, Lord, here I am. I'm bringing my gifts, my talents. I'm laying them before your feet. Lord, use me. And trust the Lord, and you will. The wise men brought their gifts to the Lord. They worshiped him. We're to bring our gifts and talents, guys, to the house of the Lord and worship him. You may say, I don't have anything big, that my gifts are small. That's okay, because God can take what you have, and, and little is much in God's hands. God took a small shepherd boy and made him a king of Israel. God spoke a simple, small word and raised the dead and calmed the storms. 
God used a boy and a stone to kill Israel's enemy. And God took a simple stick in the hands of his servant Moses, and he parted the Red Sea. The children of Israel went across on dry land, and then the riders of Egypt were drowned beneath it at at the end of it. God can take the simple things and make them much if you'll just put it in his hands and trust him. And see, guys, the local church is the place to learn to use your gifts. And as we use our gifts, that is a form of offering and worship to the Lord. Bring your gifts to the King of Kings. Worship, honor, and adore him just like the wise men did. What do you bring to the service of the Lord? What can you do to honor the Lord? Well, the first thing is you must give yourself. God doesn't want part of you. He wants all of you. The Bible says in Exodus that God's a jealous God, that he doesn't like to share. Hot or cold, he'd rather you be. But lukewarm, the Bible says, he'll spit you out of his mouth. He wants you hot or cold. And how do I do this? First of all, we seek him. We get into his word. You must seek the Lord. The Bible says the wise men looked into the scriptures for the coming Messiah. They were scholars. They were astronomers. They searched the stars, and they knew Jewish prophecy. They knew the prophecy spoken back by a a prophet that was hired to curse Israel. But every time this prophet would go to curse Israel in the old Bible, the Lord, Spirit of the Lord would move upon him and he would speak blessings. He would, he, he would uh, prophesy blessings. And this is one of the scriptures that he spoke about the coming of the Lord. He goes, I see him near, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. He was speaking the prophecy of the Lord. I saw him, but not now. I beheld him, but he's not near and that star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will come. They saw because they searched. They searched the scriptures. Guys, we got to get in God's word. We got to seek him in his word. We got to find him in his word. We need to learn the word. My grandma Marlo used to tell me all the time, Jeff, get in God's word. He is his word. Learn his word. Know his word. His word will change your life. This is a year church to seek more of him and go deeper than we ever have. Smith Wigglesworth said it this way, less of me, Lord, more of you. More of you, less of me, Lord. Till there's all of you and none of me, Lord. That could be our prayer. Less of me, Lord, more of you. More of you, less of me. Till there's all of you, Lord, none of me. None of me, Lord, all of you. Jesus said this. So I say to you, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks will find, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. We have to be willing, guys, to go deeper and further in 2017 for God's divine will in our life. The Bible said Jesus, going a little further, saw James and John on the, on the shoreline, mending their nets, and then he called them to himself. And guys, in 2017, this coming up year, we need to be willing to go further than we've ever been, further than inside these church walls. We need to be willing to go outside these walls, go down the streets, along the street corners, and reach out to people, just like Jesus reached out to James and John. There's people out there that God wants to save. He wants to touch their lives. He wants to bring them into a church family. He wants to bring them into a, to a home, and then turn around and use them to send them back out into the harvest field. But we have to be willing to go out. We have to be willing to go walk. We have to be willing to go further. And then the Bible says Jesus, again, going a little further in the garden, fell on his face and began to pray, Father, if it be your will, take this bitter cup from me. But nevertheless, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Here, guys, in 2017, we're going to have to be willing to go a little further in our prayer life. 
a little further in the studying of his word, a little further in showing kindness, a little further in loving people, a little further in the things that God's given us to do, to reach out, to step out, to be willing to get out of our comfort zones, to go a little further, to get in that place where we can say, Father, not my will be done, but Lord, your will be done in my life. And it means getting out of our comfort zones. It means stretching out, going further, going further than we've ever been, going further. Stir me up, Lord. Help me to touch those around me. The Apostle Paul said this to Timothy. Stir up the gift of God that is within you. Guys, we need a stirring and a shaking in our lives. The foundation's been laid here. Now we need to add another layer onto it. We need to invest the wise men invested time. How much investment have you made in your local church? How much investment do you have in Christ? The Bible says the wise men went on a journey to find him. They left their homes. They spent time traveling. They searched for him. They took time away from their families. They went through the desert. They went through the dry places. They went through some cold nights. All to get to a place where they could see the King of Kings and Lord of Lords face to face in that manger. Are you willing to go through some spiritual deserts, some spiritual dry places, some storms in your life to get to a place where you can bow down and see the Lord? You can see him face to face in your relationship with him. This needs to be a year, guys, that we, guys, that we seek the Lord, that we seek his face to find his purpose and his plan for our lives. Don't be a sellout. The Bible says the wise men brought gifts and they honored the king and then they went home a different way because they knew Herod wanted to kill him, find him and kill him. There's so many people selling out the cross of Christ nowadays, selling out their ministries for growth, selling out to be popular in the world. We're putting people in the pulpits now that have homosexual lifestyles. They think it's okay because they want to reach the crowd. They want to reach the numbers and they don't want to separate anybody because they want their churches full. They don't want to stand up and preach the truth of the gospel, that God's a holy God, that he wants his people to be holy. They don't want to push the gifts of the spirit because it scares people. We can't sell out the gospel. We want God's power in our church, in our lives. We got to stand up for what the word says. Amen. I'm getting ready to close. I heard this the other day and I wanted to share it with you. So I put it down here. It said some football players were talking about being the best. And the football coach heard them and said, Be good first, be first second. Be good first, then be first second. And I think about that church, we get caught up sometimes in thinking we have to be the best church. We have to have the biggest ministries. We have to have the best worship and praise. We have to have the best of everything before we can come and serve. Before we can, uh, we have to have the greatest gifts before we can come and be a use of the Lord. And I'm just thinking, just like it says here, be good first. Use what you have. Just be willing to give. Just be willing to serve. And then be better second. And God, it's, it's not about being great. It's just about being willing to serve. The gifts that the wise men brought, guys, they were small. They were small. But they honored him. And they worshiped him. And that's what God wants from us, guys. No matter how talented you are or not so talented. 
This church can grow because we work together. We join together. And we love people genuinely. Because that's one thing you can't fake. You can't fake love. If you love people, they'll see that. They'll feel that. They'll sense that. And that's what changes lives. It's the love of Christ. The Bible says it's the love of God that draws people to repentance. It's the kindness of the Lord that leads people to repentance. It's having a loving spirit, a loving heart. So I kind of applied that statement in my own thoughts kind of like this. It says, whatever we do as a church, we together must be good first, good in our relationship with Christ, good together in our relationships as a church body, confident in our gifts and what the Lord has given to us to reach the community. And second, be the best we can be with what we have in Jesus to bring to the community. We must be good first. Jen, if you want to come back on up. So this year, this coming year, guys, we need to just be willing to come to the Lord and give our best, just like the wise men. Give what we have. Lord, here's what I have. It might not be much, but Lord, I'm going to give it to you. Because I want to honor you and I want to serve you with my life the best that I can. It might not be much. I might not have much, Lord. But what I have, I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put it in your hands. And then we got to be just willing, guys, to just to give the best to him and make it a sweet smell before him. That even though it, it might not be much, Lord, I'm giving it to you and I'm offering it to you as that sacrifice, that it will go before you and be a sweet smell before you and pleasing in your sight. If you're here and you haven't been given your best, you haven't been given your best to the Lord, you, you, you thought maybe that your talents and your gifts really weren't worth giving. They weren't much. I'm telling you again, guys, that much in the hands of God, little in the hands of God is much. So if you're one of those persons, I want to pray with you today that God will touch you, steer you up, that you can give what you have before the Lord. And obviously, if you don't know the Lord as your Savior today, I want to pray with you. Because the Lord loves you and he's got a plan and he's got a purpose for everyone's life that's here, no matter how young or how old. I knew I had a calling of God on my life when I was younger, when I was like one of these little kids back here. But I was scared of it. Up to a few years ago, I was still scared of it. <laughs> Sometimes today I'm wondering, how did I get here where I'm at now? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, but I'll tell you, it's because of steps. Baby steps, not big steps, baby steps. Because if you trust the Lord, the Lord will go before you. And I know the Lord wants us to reach out in this community this year, guys. He wants us to touch people's lives. We're going to change a few things around here in the next few months. And it's no disrespect to my father. Because I would never disrespect or dishonor my father. But me and him talked. And we had some things that he was going to let me do. And there's some things I want to do. And uh, when you see those, I don't want you to be all shocked. Um, Some of these is the seating arrangements in here. Um... Because I want people, when they come in, they don't see like we're half empty. I want them to see that we're half full. And then it's going to encourage us to to start reaching out to other people, inviting people so we can start putting more chairs back into the sanctuary and start growing, guys. Because I believe God wants us to grow. He wants us to touch people in this community. So.